The following season finale cutscene and markers on the map special were rendered using all in-game footage. We're coming at you live from Gameland Tower. Welcome all to the 100th episode of Markers on the Map. My name is Daniel, and we've got the whole crew here this week. We've got my co-host, the one and only Robert. We've got the number one consumer of Trial by Energy, the mighty Green Badoof. We've got the sharpest blade ever turned into an echidna, the fearless Blast Wave. And we've got a man as ageless as Gameland itself, the master of lore and stories alike, the gamekeeper. Make some noise. Woo, woo, woo. <coughs> Was that a smile I saw, Blastwave? <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. Daniel. This is the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. We gotta have some kind of awesome thing we've been saying we talk about for a long time on this one, right? Oh, here it comes. I mean, it's been a long time coming for this one. A long-running series from none other than Capcom. Oh, God. Everyone sit down. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Finally, after all this time, featuring Dante, this is Devil May Marker's Crow. Get out here now. Well, if this isn't the most ominous feeling I've gotten from Gameland. Hey, Robert. Look. Now, that doesn't bode well. If this is his doing, then I don't know what strength he's been hiding from us all these years. Nothing good ever comes from raising the dead. Who? What? What's that thing up there? Moon Yeller, the fifth generation Titan. These guardians meant to watch over Gameland, but they are all dead at this point. Which is why it's so... There's Noise Blast, a sixth generation type. The gamekeeper's brother was obsessed with these things. As someone who often had strange premonitions, he knew they'd come one day. But what he didn't know was that Noise Blast couldn't save him from certain death. Uh, what about that one? There's something strange and sad about that one. Hmm... That one's tough for everyone. Ultrabot, the final titan and protector of the seventh generation. Well, until he couldn't protect it, the console war happened under his watch, and he was powerless to stop it. And he was destroyed. At the height of the console war, Pop Ren and his henchmen infiltrated Gameland. The city was imploding, and when Pop Alien arrived from another world, he was taking advantage of the chaos and turned Gameland to what it is today. Now. Hello. Today begins a new era. I... We are so tired of this, Pop Red. So I'll just ask what's on everyone's mind. What's under the cloak? <laughs> I took care of your little bug problem. Watch out below! That's Pop Alien. Right. And he was even easier to beat the second time. This armor works wonders. Oh, and I... Destroyed your little studio. Ugh. Do I have your attention now? It's my victory. I'm a true player of power. 
Look who I've resurrected. The Titans were born from Gameland itself. When games became too powerful, the city created these mighty warriors to keep everything safe. When Pop Alien transformed the landscape, Titans could no longer emerge. So we only have the three right now, but they are enough to help me rule and protect my game land. Doesn't need a ruler. Look how we all thrive. It does. It always will. I've evolved. Learned that the pen is mightier than a sword. I used what I had before I became player power to temper the raging storm. Do you know what makes a good villain, Marcus Crew? The establishment of hope. Crushed by one spoken line. I wrote the Nintendo Direct Rumors. All of them. It will make sense when I look at you with my real eyes. Oh my god. It can't be. The armor has left me scarred, disfigured. I depend on it. But my ambitions fulfilled at last. Carter, what have you become? Carter? with the gatekeeper who left instructions for a great awakening and now I am pop right wait off my shoulders <laughs> now one last little bit of housekeeping crew. I promised our pal, Pop Alien, that I'd unveil my great plan after I beat him a second time. See, the rebirth of the Titan was only the first act. Pop Alien figured that out. Not like I was trying to hurt it. But what he didn't see was this. I've been working towards this for years, Marcus crew. Yes. An evil relaxer which dang land has never seen before. I give you pop. Looks like that armor was useless. What? It was useless. Advice. 
This whole thing has this greed Badoof feeling a little blue. Gamekeeper, how long are we gonna keep walking for? Not much further. Our friend had a contingency plan just in case something like this ever happened. I think right here. We're here. It's just empty game land outskirts. No, there's something here. I can I can feel it in my Disengage cloaking. Incoming audio only message. Hey friends. Main Man Knuckles here. Sorry I couldn't be around for when the rainy day happened, but if I was, I'd have taken him here. I trust our companion, the Gamekeeper, has found this coordinates well. This is the Angel, a sleek new studio for you that can actually fly. I designed it with Al back when he was in Gameland. Inside you will find all the best accommodations for your gaming adventure, all with the latest and greatest features. It's a studio fit for my friends. And I also left a ton of games here. <laughs> Step into the new base and check out what's front and center. I'm out. See you someday. This is amazing. <laughs> the madman went Hollywood, but didn't forget his friends. Now obviously we're going to need to fix it a little of it before it gets flying. So we've got a side quest ahead of us yet. But for right now, check this out. It's time to do a hundredth episode for real. Green Badoof, press the button. And we're live! You can have the AI fight for you in Persona 4 Arena, Robert. They added that? Because I don't think that was in the original. Well, it's in the Golden Arena mode, which I remember being in the original, but I never understood that you could have the AI fight for you, which literally means that this feature has been right under my nose much longer so, than so, Injustice 2. Yeah, you're telling me the f a game, I'm pretty sure... Man, when's the earliest I've heard of that game? Like, what? 2000, when was it 2013 or 14 Probably. that it came out? It was, it was a late... PS3 game, so it was probably like 2013. Uh, I heard about it. Now, that's a feature I didn't know existed. I don't think much people even spoke about it. No, and like, I really, I played that uh, Golden Arena mode a lot back on the PS3 version. I, I recently mm -hmm. picked up the PS4 version, and you go into the start menu, and it's like auto mode. I'm like, I wonder if that's like the AI thing in, from Injustice 2 and Mortal Kombat 11 that we talked about a few weeks ago, and sure enough, I'm like, okay, so if, if this did it before uh, uh, those two games. Was it the first, or is there a game that came out before? And I haven't done any research into that, but I'm like, okay, when did this all start? I need to know. I mean, it's it's so difficult because anyone can claim it. I think it's one of those anyone can really claim it. It's just, I think I guess people can can say it's not that they they invented it. It's just that they maybe popularized it and they did it in the sense where now it's widespread and everyone does it because via. Example, Fortnite wasn't the first Battle Royale, but it did sure make it popular. And I feel like Injustice 2 and Mortal Kombat 11, like, 
do this feature much better because you are getting rewarded for the AI doing things for you, whereas exactly. in golden arena mode, you're kind of just leveling up, learning new skills. It's like, okay, but the AI opponents are just going to keep getting harder, so no matter what skills you have or, you know, enhancements to your character, you're still going to be fighting against harder opponents. It's almost like there's no point in doing it for this, but I was like very amused that i was like oh i can just sit, sit here and have i guess fight against everybody for me and not have to play at all video games man the new meta existed almost 10 years ago <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's it's one of those things where it's just like i, I, still, I don't know because ai fighting i think has always been uh, i know smash does it with like amiibos Look, so you know what like did smash 4 come out i don't think it came out Oh, no, it did come out before P- Persona 4 Arena, I think, but I don't know if Amiibos did. I- I'll say this. AI's fighting against one another has always been a feature in a lot of fighting games before even Persona. I can guarantee you that. I just think maybe we can say, at least Injustice and NetherRealm Studios with Mortal Kombat Injustice did it better in the sense of you get rewards from it. You're not just, yeah. like, watching a fight just to get you know just to just you look could at always it. do like a cpu versus cpu but persona exactly. 4 arena and by extension the nether realm games have this sense of progression like you're doing these rpg light modes where the ai is just you know autopiloting for you you know what probably made it and what inspired it mobile games because mobile games have the feature of just that's what i was play for you too. and you come back and check on it later to get rewards it's a like time an incremental thing. game. Yeah. Like like one of those like Rage Shadow Legend, one of those like auto battles. Even like things. the Jurassic Park uh builder for mobile was that you just build something and then you had to come back like a day later and it'll be done. It kinda of reminds me of like Metal Gear Solid Five, but I don't know if things were on like a daily timer with that or like if something was supposed to take three hours. Um, if it took three in game hours or just three hours of the day, like you could I think turn it off was and come genuine three hours. Three hours of actual time i think it was because i remember yeah. it being like a day like it'll say 24 hours and then i'll come back the next day and it would be done 24 hours later i was like okay it is going with real time even regular solid regular solid these does real time i was like okay do i need to make sure i build this before i so and like have enough stuff to do while this thing is being built? yeah yeah exactly even regular solid 3 did in-game time clocks because the end boss fight and also food can deteriorate and go bad like throughout like if you have fresh meat and then you leave the game for three weeks and you come back that meat is it went bad it will go bad death stranding does a similar thing um things don't take a long time to build they're kind of just 3d printed on the spot but your bridges and facilities will over time degrade and become unusable unless you go and repair them or somebody else goes and repairs them so your stuff from you know months ago would still be in the game but would be rusted and active and maybe like partially destroyed stuff like that I feel like we're forgetting something important here. Wait a second, I remember. 100th episode of Markers (laughs) on the Map, the gaming adventure. (laughs) Applause, applause, chat, cheers, thank you, balloons, confetti going everywhere, let's go. Triple digits, finally. And boy, I think we got a special one for you today. We we really we really committed to to triple digits. I'm like shocked that we're hitting triple digits, honestly. I'm like, okay, we we are this far into because I mean, most people don't even what pass up was like 20 like they stop at like 20 yeah episodes. <laughs> i mean 
the sometimes the editing is very taxing too um especially when we have those special episodes we did one a few weeks back called game place yeah. that was just such a huge undertaking to i edit. feel so i feel so bad because i'm just like oh he has to do all the work of editing and it just feels terrible the end product is always like oh i'm so glad that we we did it this way and put in the voice effects and the music in the background and everything like that we're we're training it up for the better we're trying to make it easier for for you especially especially for you as we've been talking about kind of for you know the the past couple of episodes we are shaking up our format a little bit maybe condensing episode lengths a little little while i don't think that rule is going to necessarily apply to this episode because we've got a lot to discuss but for future episodes and i i'm not quite sure how long the repair to the angel flying podcast studio is going to take to get this thing flying again but we're, we're gonna maybe make a prediction on that uh later down the line but we will be taking a small break in between this episode and the beginning of 101 just putting that out there from the start um I think we both deserve a break from from the weekly and editing and all that stuff too <laughs> gives so, people time to catch uh, up Yes, definitely. But before we get started, as always, my name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Robert, to whom it must be asked, as always, how are you doing? Well, to how I always respond to that question is, I'm doing pretty all right. What about you? Have you have you been? Well, I, it's sort of like I I say it, but it's just like I know how you've been. But at least you can let people who listen to know how you've been. Very, very tired and busy. Yeah. With non-gaming related things. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're getting this one recorded a little bit earlier than usual, too, because, like, it's been hectic and chaotic. Um, part of the reason we're taking a small break uh, mm-hmm. before episode 101, but it's, it's crazy right now. But I've managed to sneak in a few games this week. I've been playing more of that switch sports because i kind of log in every week to get whatever new costumes come out takes about two hours a week but i've been playing cult of the lamb and before we get started with our episode today i thought i could just rattle off some quick thoughts on that and save maybe a larger discussion for our return this is a game that was revealed i think it was last august august 2021 in either a direct or an indie world or gamescom or something like that um Mm -hmm. published by devolver it is kind of like a combination of, say, Binding of Isaac, like, combat gameplay, and uh, a, not quite a survival sim, but like an Animal Crossing-esque section, but everything is kind of like, whereas things might happen gradually over the months in Animal Crossing, things are happening on a minute-to-minute basis in your, you know, cult, in Cult of the mm-hmm. Lamb. People are getting old in a matter of days. They're aging rapidly. Crops will be harvested in a matter of minutes, and you have to keep the followers all nice and fed. You have to keep them from getting sick. You have to keep repairing their beds or tents because they will break down. So you kind of have to manage these things in a very fast way. And then when you have some downtime, when you're not, you know, delivering a sermon to inspire your your, your followers or, you know performing a ritual to improve morale you have to go and do these mini roguelike dungeons um where you go get resources coins gold wood flowers seeds to plant and everything 
and you fight enemies, you fight bosses, you go collect new followers. Your followers uh, back at base will continue working while you're gone. They will provide you with um, divine inspiration so that you can start building new things for the base camp. And then it's this loop of base camp and then going out for combat. Base camp and then going out for combat. But it's all so like minute to minute that there's never any downtime. Which is why the pause function that is like awesome to give you a breather in this because it's one of those games where you're like there's always something to go do you you my hands are moving the entire time i'm playing this i'm not waiting around for anything it's like just keep doing stuff in cult of the lamb and i think mm. it's a really good game and you feel like a lot of stuff is happening even if you play for an hour it's just non-stop so you always feel like oh, this person could use some cheering up, or this person can give me a coin, or this person's starting to dissent, so you have to, like, try to get them to stop getting everybody to turn against you, or this person might have a quest to go get some flowers or build some decorations, and then they'll give you divine inspiration. It's just, there's so many systems that it's, like, hard to put into words versus you actually <laughs> just playing it and not like trying not to worry about so much at, at at the same time that it just everything starts to become natural the length of the game how long would you say are you even part like are, are you how should i say this? is it like animal crossing where there seems to be no end where it just seems to have sort of like there there is sort of an ending but there is not really an ending to it and it kind of has like this endless loop going with it well for this there's definitely an end mm-hmm. there's it's like a, it presents itself as a roguelike in the combat department, but you're mm -hmm. not losing everything when you lose, like okay. when you die in a dungeon or something. You're losing only a quarter of what you've earned on that specific run. You're not losing anything from back at camp or anything, but there's four major areas. Each one has a boss. I've done one of the areas. I've explored part of the second area, um, but the first three times you go into an area are like abbreviated versions of it where you're doing you're 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 just basically beating a mini boss and getting a new follower and then filling up a bar uh, around a door that'll unlock the actual boss and then you can return to the areas that you've already cleared and do full dungeon runs that end with the boss and then continue them if you want or return to your cult or if you've already got the ability that I unlocked where you could return anywhere, you could just go in, farm a few enemies, get a few coins, and then zip back if you're just short a few. Otherwise, you can just sell some stuff. But there's definitely an ending and a story in sight. But mm. I'm thinking this is one of those games that will just actually let you continue playing even after you've beat the story. So it's not like it, it's not like it has to end. It's yeah. not like it's going to stop your fun with whatever operations you have set up at the base after you've cleared the final boss is what I think they're going for here. And then uh, bosses, what do, you, what do you feel about them in this game? As someone who's played a lot of Binding of Isaac, they are very much like versions of that. Now, okay. the combat in this game is a little more flashier because it's supposed to look like a modern 2D action game, whereas Isaac is more in, or less inspired by 16-bit. But So, like, screen shakes are, like, a huge thing. Enemy telegraphs and full-on movement. Um, the bosses do have a lot of similarity to the Isaac bosses where they're kind of shooting blasts everywhere or doing AoE attacks that you can dodge roll through, um, similarly to Enter the Gungeon. Um, it, it's not too complicated, but it takes some getting used to because 
I can't tell if touching an enemy gives you damage. You definitely take damage from when they attack and hit mm-hmm. you. Um, but there's a lot of effects going on on the screen to where the screen will shake and it's like, did I get hit here? Did I not get hit here? Am I doing damage coming into contact with the enemy? There's a lot of effects that I've had to kind of get used to. And that's something that's on a person-to-person basis, I think. But the combat consists of you getting a random weapon and a curse, which Mm. is like a, a, a power attack you can use that's on... You have to recharge it by defeating enemies... And so you're not choosing your weapon at the beginning of every run, but every run through the dungeons takes about six or seven minutes. Um, so you're not stuck with a weapon you might not like, like the daggers for too long. So like the daggers will hit really fast, but not very hard. The axes will hit incredibly hard, but very mm. slow. Um, you can do, um, you can improve the crown at the um, the base to where you can get weapons that will you know vampiric weapons that will steal health like 10 percent of the time you defeat an enemy some of them will poison enemies when you hit it so all these kind of mixtures can be put onto the weapons you can find tarot cards that'll give you bonus hearts it's it's like isaac in that in that aspect except it's not a game that's fully based around the idea of like what can this power do to combine with this one? Because a mm-hmm. run of Isaac can take 40 minutes, whereas a run through a dungeon of this, like I said, six minutes. So it's it's very abbreviated. It's more focused on the balance between uh, combat and the base building aspect. And it kind of marries them very well, I think. All right. Well, let's try to see because I'm trying to see the pinpoints of like, because I know how you feel about boss battles. And I was thinking about the joke where you said the knife shoots faster but doesn't, uh, do a lot of damage reminded me of a uh, ghosts and goblins and ghouls and uh-huh. ghosts the dagger it does like it's fast but it's terrible damage so it's just, like, it reminds me of a different game where it's random uh weapons each time that's why you want the dagger that poisons the enemies to show up at the start because at least that little bit of damage is going to start draining the enemy's health um, yeah. by turning them green because after you clear an green. area boss the the dungeons will get like the enemies within will get have more health and and they won't necessarily hit harder but they'll be you know more devious. Oof, turning green it reminds me of someone that we know. Oh yeah, <laughs> from drinking all the trial by energy. That's all it is. It's trial by energy. That's what makes it green. Now I don't want Green Badoof to get a hold of Cult of the Lamb. That might be dangerous. That might be too dangerous. <laughs> on that'll be a different topic but yeah (laughs) but yeah i just wanted to touch on that because like it just came out (laughs) what's what's the what's the price for it for for this adventure what would how much did you have to like pay for it it's 25 it's on playstation switch yeah yeah it's it's devolver um one of our favorite indie publishers um yeah i mean if you like binding of isaac but you don't want the massive challenge of that but Mm -hmm. you'd also maybe like a version of don't starve plus animal crossing that was less dire because you're not having to like start from the beginning ever Mm -hmm. then this might be the game for you it's definitely taking a genre i like and a genre i don't like and mixing them together in a way that makes me like them both equally so yeah it's taking i guess the strong points from each one and making it enjoyable at least for someone like you which yes you yeah you're taking like i said you're taking games and parts of games that you dislike or just don't have a strong feeling towards and you're just like yeah they're just making it better and and kind of 
and I guess sort of really just focusing on those points. Yeah, and also uh, every follower you get, you can change like what type of animal they are. You can rename them. You can change the color. You could you could have a, a green fox if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is customizable. I know the PC version does this with Twitch integration, and uh, the the PS5 version does not, which kind of bites. But like. You could still like send out a tweet and say, "Who would like to make a follower in Cult of the Lamb?" And let's see what happens to them. Are they going to turn against us? Are they going to get old? Like they'll start walking around with canes when they get old and everything. Will they be mischievous? Will they ask for a quest? Um, anything can happen. And oftentimes, the things that happen are humorous or devastating. Uh, so after about like four or five hours with the game, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm really liking it." <laughs> A, a brief introduction that actually ended up being <laughs> a little longer. But we here in the Angel Flying Podcast Studio came across our main man Knuckles collection of games. And I gotta say, Robert and I played Sonic 3 and Knuckles for the 100th episode. I oh, mean, you had to see it coming, right? <laughs> I think after begging for a re-release, maybe not the, the full package, but... I guess as best as it can come. We basically yeah. decided, yeah, we're going to do Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So I guess the way to start this out would be to say that we played the anniversary edition of Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Mm-hmm. It is the brand new widescreen version that's on Sonic Origins, which is on all the consoles. It's a couple months old at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think it came out couple. in June. Was it June? I think june i think yeah, it was if june, not or early think, july yeah. if it was it was not june yeah early early, july. one of the two um and you know it's a collection of one cd two and three and knuckles um got all all the bells and whistles art galleries soundtracks all the good stuff see but for, for this one i think we did something you you've mentioned you haven't even done is yes run through with song uh not song we'll run through with knuckles yeah so i have never run through sonic 3 and knuckles as knuckles uh completely until we recently played this i had done sonic and tails on you know getting the platinum trophy for sonic origins but knuckles does change quite a bit of like the zones are the same Mm -hmm. but i would say the two most obnoxious parts of sonic 3 and knuckles are kind of alleviated when you play as knuckles whereas we lose we lose death egg zone at the end but through the power of level select you could just go back and play that with sonic and tails afterwards but we'll get to the two parts that were like i'll kind of intermix the sonic parts with the knuckles parts because yeah knuckles honestly in casino night act two and sandopolis act two gets rid of the most frustrating parts. yeah it's it's sort of it's weird because we kind of determined that sonic and tails is easy mode Sonic is normal mode, and Knuckles is sort of the diff- like the higher difficulty mode. Because there are difficult yeah. parts that do change the game. Where Sonic, could, like we were saying, like oh, Sonic can go through this easy, but it's going to be a little bit tougher with Knuckles. Yeah, and Knuckles will have to stop at times, and you know, find a solution to platforming by climbing or gliding uh, on walls. Whereas Sonic would just be able to go through certain parts. You might have to you know jump over to the left for a while and then glide back to the right to get over a jump with knuckles oh yeah there is a a good amount of actual like platforming like climbing things they do 
adds some parts where you do need to use that like gimmick of Knuckles. And I would say that the Knuckles playthrough was moderately more enjoyable, not because it was longer or anything. Sonic's is definitely longer, but it because of those things that it alleviated Carnival yeah. Night and Sandopolis. They are much shorter or much easier to navigate. The anniversary um, version also does the thing where you don't time out because I think in the original you timed out at 9.59.59. Um, so, like, Sandopolis 2 is a huge stage and timing on there is, like, a very real thing that happens. Um, whereas the anniversary collections are like, no, we'll freeze the timer, but we're not going to, you know, make you Time lose. Out. It also yeah. gets rid of lives in favor of checkpoints like any modern platformer. That was probably a rental, like, like gimmick to where they, if someone's bad at Sonic, they don't at least want them to figure out the entire level layout. Sort of yeah. like they die and then they lose a life and then they have to restart. So it's, I think it was just a, a, a rental, uh, like safe like safe check mark because like in like, sonic oh, and knuckles sandopolis out. is the third level yeah and oh, the the ghost one is what it's 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 act two right mm-hmm. and that one i did i i did overtime it like i i went the over that's how we figured out because i overtime is like okay we'll see if it kicks us out and we have to restart because in sonic and knuckles i guess we could say in this anniversary edition there is no life system it doesn't have a a collect lives and you have 10 lives left or three of them it's just like no you just go until you beat the game or you just had enough of it yeah and on that the way we'll approach talking about these levels is different from something like donkey kong country where each level has a very defined gimmick and it's a little more disconnected thematically. Like, in a world of Donkey Kong Country, you might have a few levels that go with the theme, and you might have a water one scattered in there. You might have, a, a like, an ice world that has something completely different, like, in the middle of it. Whereas Sonic, you know, has, you know, roughly 16 or so levels, and they go by twos, two at a time, two fit the theme. But we know in Sonic 3 and Knuckles that the the themes of levels can change dramatically in between Act 1 and Act 2. Whereas mm. back in 1 and 2, they were kind of like, here's a section of Labyrinth Zone, and another section, and another section. Where something like Angel Island 1 will be a lush paradise, and then Act 2 will be completely ablaze with flames. So... Starting our Knuckles playthrough in Angel Island, Knuckles Home, we get the kind of, like, lush tropical introduction to Sonic 3. This is one of those levels that, like, it's not my favorite level of Sonic, but I think the way that it's set up, the way that it looks, the nice green trees, the robots that are in there works very well. It works more well than something like Green Hill Zone for me. Yeah, it's... and The beginning of of the game is very just... I think it's very hilarious because it's just knuckles chilling he's just i think he's taking a nap he's taking a nap somewhere and then just robots just obviously eggman's robots just come in and they hit him and you know what's funny is that even though we played through it i can't remember the first world i don't it, i really it can't honestly remember feels a little donkey kong country 3 where technology is starting to overwhelm essentially a forest and about halfway through the first level everything just gets set on fire Okay, yeah, I do remember that part. I just cannot remember the actual beginning. I'll remember the the way it starts, and then 
Act one of that part is just sort of, I guess, forgettable compared to Act yeah. two, where everything's on fire. Aside from it being mostly just introducing the gimmicks of Sonic Three, you know, the robot enemies, certain mm-hmm. exploratory elements, we we kind of feel that the the game becomes more about taking a little bit longer to go through the levels. It seems like there's more paths than ever before, and it seems more grand. Yeah. There's definitely more parts where Knuckles has to climb walls yeah. and sort of wall jump to a platform. You know, we go through it and we end with a boss that is... The bosses in this game are pretty easy. Like, the the we'll, we'll get to what ended up being tough, ironically, soon. But the first mini-boss in, in Angel Island 1 is just like, just jump on this circular robot thing. Then you fight Eggman and it seems like... You know, he's shooting down the flames on the bridge, and you're just jumping on him. I don't think you fight Eggman, actually. Oh, yeah, and, and you Knuckles, fight you're not fighting once. Eggman, yeah. but rather the, the, the egg robot. I, I just realized it doesn't show him, I don't think, once in the game at all. No, not in Knuckles' It version. doesn't. It doesn't show him. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, it doesn't show Eggman. There is no Eggman. Well, it's Eggman, yeah, obviously. That's why we know it's There's him. no Death Egg Zone in Knuckles' run. It almost feels yeah. like a sequel. <laughs> It, oh, you know, it reminds me. It reminds me of. It reminds me of one of those movies where the sequel is supposed to be a sequel, but then you find out towards the end it takes place during the same time period as the last one. So it's just sort oh, of the yeah, second yeah. part of that series. Yeah, it reminds me of that now. Whereas, like, it's yeah. obviously taking place during Sonic Three. Yeah, um, the bosses are mostly the same, but instead of Eggman being in there, it's that I I can't remember the name of this robot, but he's also in Mania. It's the same boss fights, but now I remember saying, no, Knuckles is in Sonic 3, so this wouldn't make sense if it took place at the same time. Yeah. You know what this could be? This a could be a, a, a reference to Dead Rising 2 off the record with uh, Frank <laughs> West there. So this is a Knuck- Sonic 3 off the record. Sonic 3 off the record. Shout out to references 20 plus years ahead of their time. Am I right, gamers? <laughs> i'll bet yeah but yeah the bosses are still the same it's still the same like uh waterfall speaking of water after angel island we head to what is probably the greatest platformer water stage ever and like i think we could probably debate about the donkey kong country stages but there's something about hydrocity zone that's like i cannot wait to play this water level in a sonic game it's nothing like Labyrinth Zone, which is just complete madness, or Chemical Plant, which just has you inside toxic water. It's difficult to say because it's sort of, you want to say, oh yeah, it's the best, but I think the one thing Sonic Games should have never done, because now every like water level does it, and it's the worst gimmick ever i think donkey kong perfected it and just had to ruin it and and tropical freeze and that's an oxygen system where your yeah. character can drown that i don't like about any of like water levels that specifically have that gimmick of oh you have to get air somewhere i i don't like that now that i think about it maybe hydrosity is the best water level in a sonic game because there's so little of it yeah most like- of the time is not in the water Anytime there's water with Sonic, it doesn't go well. It's one of those, it's the worst. I think, we'll see what will be the worst level in this game. But definitely, I would say, yeah, I guess it is the best Sonic, like, water level. Because there's not a lot of water. It's just a lot of climbing with some water parts. Yeah, and Act 2 in particular has one of the best tracks in a video game ever. 
so much so that I don't think they really changed the song at all for Mania. Maybe just touched up the res- like the HD quality sound of it. Um, but Hydrosity is just, it's nothing but, a, it's, where Angel Island feels kind of exploratory, Hydrosity almost feels like just an extended Sonic 2 stage where you are just constantly running, not having to think about where you are and just moving freely. The light puzzle elements it has really just involves getting on top of one rotating platform onto another, or uh, rolling up uh, an incline before the the little thing that goes up and down the platform like crushes you, and that could mm. happen randomly. There's a few parts where water's rushing to the it, it turns into an auto scroller, and you're having to kind of like spin dash upward and run through some things. I think Sonic has to break through them, but Knuckles can just run through them like normal. Um, I could be wrong about that though. Um, the mini boss not my favorite because it never seems like it has a great time or a window of opportunity for you to hit it. So you're just kind of like, oh. I know you're supposed to like jump off the wall, but like if you just wait for it and use the iframes, if you don't care about you know getting super or rings or any of that, just using the iframes will take care of the boss in like one or two rotations of its attack. Where I find fault in Knuckles' hydrosity zone is the boss because. It is a version of Sonic's boss where a little, like, vortex will try to suck you into the bottom mm-hmm. of, a, of a hovering, you know, vehicle. And then you'll jump onto that waterfall to, you know, hit the boss. On Sonic's, Eggman will come down to let you get a few hits in. So this Knuckles' version won't come down. You'll have to get onto the waterfall, which made this boss fight take, like, five minutes total. It was kind of obnoxious. Yeah, it's... It's it's sort of like I think you're kind of setting up this to be the worst boss fight. It's not. I think it was. It was. This it was, was taxing. Too, it wasn't the worst, but it's definitely it, it's Carnival Night that has the worst, and this, it's a mini boss. This one felt more like a uh, how should I, like a rhythmic game. You just have to mm-hmm. know the pattern, and it's one of those. Well, then if you mess up on the pattern, you you get a big. It's like. It's such a small mistake, but then the the cost of the mistake is just like it's yeah. too much. Where any little mistake, and now you're resetting it from the get go, and you can get like disoriented, and you just don't know what to do. But like I said, it's it was just a little taxing. I think I only died like a couple times to it because there was one point was where like, we just had like one hit left, and I'm like, please don't mess this up. I was like being so careful that I missed a few of the waterfalls. I was like, I'm not. I just I don't care how long it takes. Just don't mess it up. I mean, it was it wasn't that much of it wasn't that long of a boss fight. It was yeah some mistakes, but it wasn't that long. Yeah. We got it down third try, like a third or fifth try. Yeah. Um, but Hydrosity as a an area is one of my favorite in the Sonic series as a whole. Definitely, like the music is up there. Then we have Marble Garden Zone, which I used to think was just plain bad. It's grown mm. on me. I still think it's just very kind of. Blah, if that makes sense. Yeah, it it's makes sense. Fine. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's fine. The imagery is like, it reminds me of old Marble Zone. Um, and the, the music is kind of just there. Um, it's kind of like you're scaling a mountain. There's a few gimmicks. There's a, like a disc you can run on to like levitate and hover and then run off of it. There's some little pull things that you can use to climb up and they'll kind of like zip you up and then there's parts where the the ground will go up or down lava will come through and start raising everything 
this is that one that just seems like we needed a level here that was kind of unspectacular. I can't think of one to compare it to in, in the and Knuckles part of of uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but I feel like this was like the obligation of we need a third level, but we don't have any like super creative ideas. Mm-hmm. Knuckles' boss of this one, I cannot for the life of me remember, but Sonic's is kind of interesting where Tails comes in and catches you when you think you fall off the screen and throws you back up to hit Eggman. The fact that I cannot remember the <laughs> the Knuckles boss of this is like, it must have not been anything spectacular. Oh, Knuckles' boss fight was the a version of like the Eggman one where the, the, um, the like chain, the train zips through the screen, right? The, yeah and the, the the orb goes through yeah i think sonic has that in his as well but it was so forgettable i remember yeah. we were trying to figure out if it goes like where you go or if there's a certain pattern to how this little like it's like a ball and chain the chain zips through the screen and then the boss will zip through the chain and you will have a couple of seconds to hit him yeah that's pretty much pretty much it because even even trying to find it for knuckles is not showing up anything so i guess this probably was a nothing fight even because yeah. i just can't remember honestly the bosses are always my least favorite part even if you know good. what i'll say this right now from the start i think we're gonna forget most of the bosses because a lot of them are just forgettable there there weren't yeah the, the only ones it's that like here's another eggman machine yeah etc um and so the mini bosses in particular there's one we're gonna have a field day with which is coming right up actually but for the most part it's like a blob that you hit <laughs> this one definitely had a lot of this zone just definitely had a lot of like moving the wheels and, and this one definitely is uh one of those it an, felt the another, most puzzly of all of yeah, them except for sandopolis later on definitely one of the knuckles has to climb everywhere level that's yes. definitely what this is there's some parts where you get where you're like how do i get over this knuckles isn't jumping high enough and you'd have to go back a little bit to like Talking climb on that, a wall yeah. and then glide over yeah that happened uh, one or two times in marble garden and we have carnival night for the sonic oranges edition this is the first of three zones in a row that unfortunately had some music licensing things, so they have to use those old prototype tracks that were kind of refreshed by Junsunui, I believe. Uh, Carnival Night Zone, though. Sensory overload, for sure. Mm -hmm. Act 1 is kind of your average Sonic casino stage. There seems to be one in every single game. Um, even the 3D Sonics have casino levels like this. It's just one of those staple things. I guess in Mania, you could say Studiopolis is the casino-like zone. Um, although, yeah. like, Studiopolis is, like, a masterpiece. Um, whereas Carnival Night is just whatever. What makes Carnival Night the most interesting to me is that for Sonic, Act 2 takes, like, eight minutes. Oh, I was gonna say, like, I don't think it took as eight, because I remember this one just being really short. Yeah, for Sonic, it takes eight minutes to do Act 2, at least it, it did for me. And mm -hmm. Act 2 is where the infamous barrel comes from. It's a, it's a it's a puzzle, almost. This is, like, one of those, like, oh, you rented our game, you think you're gonna beat it tricks. You beat it, Where yeah. it, it's not, like, it, it, people couldn't figure out that you have to press down and up, down and up, down and up while you're on oh the barrel, boy. and it will start going further down and further up because that gimmick isn't represented anywhere else in the game. So that was like a point of contention back in the day. Um, but Sonic's uh, Casino Night or Carnival Night 
is so long and taxing mm-hmm. and it's just full of like barrels that are hiding behind all the visuals on screen to where like sometimes you would die just out of nowhere well knuckles alleviates that by his carnival night act to being like a minute and a half and not it's even a, yeah. having a boss but knuckles's problem comes at the end of act one which has quite possibly one of the worst bosses in the franchise. <laughs> it's the worst boss because it doesn't give you an idea of what to do. It doesn't give you the, this is a glowing thing on a boss, hit it. Because I, I honestly, a lot of people are like, oh, oh, yeah, like, look at that. What a surprise. I have to hit the boss here, right? They want to say, yeah. oh, this boss is too easy. Or, oh, this is so, like, it's so simple to figure it out. I wish boss fights were more difficult. But then you get something like this where there's no indication on what to do. There is an actual, like, pen, uh, how should I say, like, uh, a punishment if, because the platform is disappearing below you. So if you don't defeat it in time, you're just, you know, you're just going to fall through and have to restart. And it doesn't do anything or say anything. So it's just like, it's either one or the other. Either it's just too simple or it's too difficult. But with this one, it was just like, there's nothing being said or done. It's just like, I know Sonic was like completely easy. But for this one, it's the same setup. You have a boss coming down and you have a little orb or spike thing that is constantly destroying sections of the floor mm-hmm. like a block breaking game. And your job is to stay safe and defeat the boss before falling through the floor. But it's not really giving you the instruction that, like, that ball is going to be what's hitting the boss at certain times or from certain angles. And you can't just, like, jump up there and do it yourself because you'll end up getting hurt. No, yeah, it's sort of, how should I say, we did it all before we figured it out. We, We were doing, like... I mean, we looked up guides and nobody was doing it legit. Let's say like this. (laughs) We We were doing, like... What if you do this? And what if you do that? Or what if you ride the like the Beyblade looking thing? Or what if you do this and all oh, this and that? And nothing seemed to work. Like I said, we even look at guys, and they weren't no help because most of them were just you either have to do some sort of cheating like glitch or just have like, like get a shield a on power. or something. Yeah, or and a like shield well, on we can't something. go like. And the worst part was that they would not. There was no rings before this fight started. Yeah, it sort of like was like either we just skip it or we just have to figure out a way but then i figured it out what you have to do is you have to hit the bottom of it because then it it throws like this long tube that it's it's you know it's like it's long tube self like a drill sort of or like a i don't know it's just like a like an accordion how if you pull accordion part it gets obviously taller because it's obviously exposing it's like little like a stringy part sort of the same idea where it pulls and now the the blade blade looking thing can just hit the floor and then hit the side of it because if you don't hit it it even if it hits the the boss it does it doesn't do any damage so it's one of those things where we just just like okay we know what where it takes damage but how do we always consistently get it open you just have to it's sort of that idea of well during some parts of the fights you can't like yeah the whole point is that you're supposed to hit bosses in sonic but sometimes you can't you have to do a gimmick and have it exposed and it never did any indication when it was exposed never a light or a flashing motion or just like anything like that so it did take us a while to kind of figure out get it to open itself by hitting it directly the bottom of it and and hope you don't get hit and lose coins or anything like that and then and then start making it hit itself and it took me like what like two seconds after that after we figured it out yeah, no after, shields after or anything the trick was like proved it's like no nope, yeah easy done and dusted no tricks, no nothing like that. We figured it out. 
I would say that if we had to choose a low point for the playthrough, this boss was probably the. Low this is point. the boss, definitely. Even this was worse than I would even say the final boss fight. The final boss yeah. fight at least had some type of indication of what to do. Yeah, um, I'd say the low point for for Sonic's playthrough is Sandopolis Two, but Knuckles. I mean, it made it a lot better, a lot more oh. tolerable. We're gonna get to that in a bit, though. <laughs> Ice Cap Zone. It must be said that Sega did not re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music. It starts, yeah, well, yeah, we, we're always sad that the music can never be back. We we know why. We, we, we tend not to, but we tend to know why. But yeah. the point is, it starts off weird because Sonic is on a snowboard. This is like yeah. sort of like Donkey Kong's like ice crystal inside a cave level where you're kind of inside a cave all, all the time so knuckles doesn't have the iconic like the thing you remember about ice cap zone the thing that mm-hmm. was in the sonic movie um where they he's going it, down yeah. the mountain and landing in a giant you know pile of snow and then going into the cave knuckles just starts in the cave and the level is completely different um you still have the classic ice zone like traps like the 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 platforms that you have to run into so that you'll get swung up and then it has the little ice things that you break, but it doesn't have Sonic's, you know, the part where you can get trapped in unless you jump off. There's a part mm-hmm. where it's like an infinite loop. Sandopolis does the same thing where you have to jump off at a very specific point to, you know, continue on the stage. And Knuckles' overall feels a little shorter. Um, the prototype music, I just, I, Ooh. it's not, <laughs> not this about- one talk about certain parts like it's a short level act one but act two just ta- i don't think there's a bo- is there a boss fight for this like zone like i said i don't remember for any knuckles of the boss act fights. two there is a boss fight of ice cap must have been easy it must have been easy because i don't remember like yeah I said, none the, of these bosses, the bosses aren't remember. that hard in ice cap zone the zone like i said the zones are obviously more remembered than the bosses like i said there's only two of them that were remembered but only because they gave us a difficult time Sonic's boss fight is kind of like Eggman where he ha- where he's got like a a rod coming out from under the 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 flying device that you mm-hmm. have to like jump on and you have to like not get frozen by it. I can't remember if Knuckles' was the same. And then there's a mini boss that is kind of another robot that's surrounded by some ice crystals in mm-hmm. typical Sonic 3 mini boss fashion. Something is surrounded by something. When it's not, you jump up and hit it. And, and then like that, you just press yeah, on. Yeah, it's simple. Um, yeah. But visually, it's so striking. Ice Cap Zone is one of the most uniquely designed stages. Actually, Knuckles' version had some ramps that had like a pseudo 3D effect to it that weren't in Sonic as far as i can remember yeah and then even the only thing i had I guess with this level there's a there are a, in act two there's a lot of uh pits there's a lot of just like water pits that once oh you're yeah in, that's that's another difference totally sonics doesn't have all those bottomless pits where it's like really i remember the beginning of act two I was even like, okay, come on now. <laughs> if you jump here, the enemy is positioned specifically to knock you back into the water. Exactly. There's a, oh, that one row where, like, that special, there's, like, the, the chaos, like, room or the special zone. Or the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just, At like. The very start. Yeah, and it's just, like, it took me a while to get to that. I guess we can say that when we talk about certain zones, we we traded on and off which zones we did. So, obviously, like, I did Ice Cap Zone. And then I did, like, you did certain zones. Like, last zone you did, obviously, and now I did this zone. And so, 
Yeah, that pit just it, I kept falling. There's just that one part where there's like three penguins and they're just there, like robotic penguins, and then you just keep falling into the bottomless pit. And that was just like, oh, it's kind of frustrating. Thematically, though, the 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 prototype music takes away from what I think is like the melancholy or foreboding nature of Ice Cap Zone. Like with its original music from the Genesis version, you definitely feel like this is like not a stage to be trifled with it's almost menacing whereas the prototype music kind of makes it feel like a winter wonderland but nothing about ice cap zone screams winter wonderland there's no happiness or joy there it's a bleak isolated mountain and i think Mm. that's where the anniversary version falls short Almost like I want to mute the music on that level and just play the original on my phone because so <laughs> uh, much like Ice Cap is a pretty option. good level, but so much of it comes from the way it is presented to the player. Yeah, it's sort of uh, that. I think that's the only zone where music I would definitely just press the mute yeah. button and just play it on your your, your phone until you beat exactly. the level. Exactly. I, I think so much of it like rests on the shoulders of the music to take. A admittedly good level it's not the best level it's really good but the music elevates it it's like what if hydrosity didn't have that music going for it 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 could be completely ruined it's music that's designed to be like this is the music you would hear when you're going fast Mm -hmm. and speaking of the carnival night music the prototype version is not necessarily better but it's not like offensive or anything whereas ice cap is like this could work in a Winter Wonderland level, but that's not what Ice Cap is. It's not what it means. So we'll get into the third and final level of Sonic 3 that has a, a, a song change um, to where Act 1 and 2 sound very different. Act 2 of Launch Base Zone, I think, has the best prototype track that they had to add in. Um, it was really cool. But Launch Base Zone happens after Ice Cap. You're kind of at the launch base for the Death Egg, and it's nature and technology again you know what i just remembered i know why the boss battles weren't like i don't think why we're not remembering them it didn't have the iconic come on come on come on (laughs) it didn't have that yeah i think that was one of the things that well in sonic 3 and knuckles when you combined the two it just replaced all the mini boss themes with the sonic and knuckles one which is a good song but i also think the original version of the mini boss theme was a track that they would probably have to cut for the re-release anyway i think that was yeah. one of the problematic tracks that had to get cut but i but think yeah, that's it didn't have the come on <laughs> come on it didn't have the come on we first i don't remember any of them i just it just hit me right now that it doesn't actually play and i was like why are you not remembering these boss fights it doesn't have the really like cool like intro music they're just like come on come on um but launch base zone for knuckles there was a few like maze like parts where I was like, "Am I going?" You, I played this one, so I was like, mm-hmm. "Am I going the right way?" And then I ended up looping around a few times. Like thematically, it's really cool. I like the idea of like being at the site of not a rocket per se, but it's kind of like a rocket launch site that you're zipping and zooming through. How many zones did we go through? Besides, obviously, we pretty much went through. This is the sixth and the final sixth zone. zone of Sonic Three. Before we get into the and knuckles portion, yeah, and knuckles. Por- the other thing is, I'm pretty sure this was the last one, and then we're getting to the next part, which is where the whole and knuckles part comes in. Yeah. Um. For this one though, the boss is Big Arm, 
uh, same final boss as Sonic's, although I thought Knuckles' version of it was much easier. Basically, it's a robot that zips through the screen and tries to grab you. You hit it a mm-hmm. few times before it has the chance to do so. It'll go underneath. It'll kind of blast out or shoot some spikes, whatever it does. And it, it's mm-hmm. a simple final boss that really, like, Sonic 2's final boss is just horrible. Where you've got split-second precision and no rings. Whereas mm-hmm. this one feels like, okay, it's manageable. It's not as grand as the Ann Knuckles final boss, which is coming up, but it's manageable, it's not too hard, and it sticks with the spirit of this game's bosses being like accessible, approachable, stuff like that. So I really have no problem with, with Big Arm. I'm trying to really think. I don't think Knuckles' boss battles are actually difficult, like, say, except for the two. I can't. Well, I like when they, really... I like when they just cut out the boss of an act or something. Oh, that happens like they, like like they did in Carnival Night. No, it happens in yeah. Lava Reef later on. It happens. Oh, it does. So I guess in the spirit of Lava Reef, we'll move on to uh, the reset, basically the sequel to Sonic Three, Sonic and Knuckles. Um, we start out with Mushroom Hill. Not my favorite song, but really, Mushroom Hill is one of the coolest stages, specifically because it starts out one color. And then it basically goes through the seasons and changes red mushrooms to blue and green. And it just has mm. some mechanics that are different. It has some like, uh, what's the thing? Where, where you have to slam a rock down to get one side of the mushroom, like a springboard almost. It has mechanics where you're like going, pressing up and down to like lower a lever so you can get onto another plane of the stage. And it's just a really fun intro. If this was the start of Sonic and Knuckles, it was a very good start that kind of like shows you what the game is all about. Yeah, it's kind of weird because since this is like the first part of Sonic, it's kind of sort of a weird. It's weird because this is still an easy. If this is the first level, it's yeah. an easy level. To it's go a through. midway it's point difficult. through the combined. But game, it's easy. But it's very easy. This is where the I guess boss battles has has it have. How do I put this? Do, do the boss battles at, at this point change, or is it still the same one from Sonic? Because I, it's still I remember the, same the Sonic ones from with, three, like minor tweaks. I remember yeah. the mini boss from Mushroom Hill Zone one is memorable because I've done it so many times. But it's like the one in the in the forest where it's like chopping the wood blocks. Mm-hmm. I like that mini boss, even though he's like done in like ten seconds. So like for Mushroom Hill Zone, though, I think it's like I'm not a fan of the music of Mushroom Hill. But I am a fan of the level. It's lengthy. Um, mm-hmm. Good enough to do for Sonic Generations on the on the 3DS version as well. Uh, but overall, like I just love how they took the concept of Sonic 3. Like Act 1 and Act 2 will be vastly different. And kind of really ran with it for the Sonic and Knuckles stages. Um, we'll see that especially with Santopolis and Lava Reef. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get to that, we got to talk about Flying Battery. This is a pretty good level that takes place on an airship and good enough to put in Sonic Mania, I guess. Um, And this is one of those times where I would argue that, like, Sonic Mania does do more with the original music. But there's something about those little chimes that go off in the back of Flying Battery Act 2 that are really cool. But Flying Battery has always been interesting to me as uh, a level where you kind of have to take it a little slower than usual. There's some bottomless pits on the outside. There's some puzzles with propellers and everything. There's a part Mm -hmm. where you have to wait for some of the bombs to, like, blow open a part of the ship so that you can jump back into it. Um, And you're constantly going from inside the ship and outside of the ship while this crazy music is playing. I think it's one of the, like, 
real good thematic pieces. After Flying Battery though comes Sandopolis. Same essentially between Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, cool music. Like you, it's taking place at a pyramid basically. And if you've played, you know, it, it feels like one of those pyramid levels like Knuckles is or whatever from Sonic Adventure 2 or maybe like the, the final zone of that almost. Act 1 is a slow but like puzzling kind of like you're pushing blocks you're waiting for things to happen um there's like a wall jumping mechanic like a rappelling down thing i really mm-hmm. like it i guess saying that they're pretty much one in the same with sonic without its minor differences i think this is probably the closest to get to be sort of similar uh i know you were hyping up act two of this because i had to do this part Act well, I wasn't was necessarily like, hyping it up as much as well, like, saying, oh, well, I hate this. Hyping <laughs> up. Yeah, you're, in the sense of hyping can still be a negative thing where you you can be yeah. hyping up like, negative yeah, this hyping is going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Because hyping is just making something more than what it is or you're just saying like, yeah, you're going to wait till you get to there, bro. It's like, wait till you get here. And Act 1 Color was, me pleasantly surprised, though. Yeah. Act 1 was at any other Sonic level. Boss fight was, was interesting because it was a... Sort of a, a, a big rock monster, yeah. It's just like it's just a rock monster. You just have to make it jump itself into a, a, a pit, and you pretty much beat it, and then you enter the pyramids, which is Act Two. And I know Act Two. The reason why I it sticks out for me is because not only did you were like talking about how like infamous and just hyping it up, but I honestly enjoy Act Two. I think it's probably my favorite zone. I'm like actually I liked Act Two of Sandopolis. You know what's cool to me though is. When you play as Knuckles in Sandopolis Act 2, it does take away the part that makes me hate Act 1 so much, which is a section where you have to cause the sand to raise so it becomes an auto-scroller of sorts. Mm -hmm. Knuckles can just climb the wall. There you go, Sandopolis solved. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Knuckles... Now, that's where they said Knuckles has a stronghold where he can just climb things. Like, instead of having to do the whole... Uh, sand and having it rise up knuckles can just climb which i think we kind of finesse through it and then the ghost parts yeah they're kind of annoying but not really they're not that annoying compared to some other ghosts in like different games even mario i would say mario's ghosts are more annoying than that i really enjoyed the not only the scenery of the level the the whole sh- i like any like kind of game that does like a, a dark cycle or a like a dark light cycle yeah, like this Donkey is a Kong level where it, you're like actually it. inside a pyramid it's the only level yeah. where you're inside something the entire time so pretty much sanopolis to act two went from something that should be difficult to honestly something very easy it wasn't at all difficult it is the one that obviously i timed out on but only because that would have probably been a problem only on the original which is like why play the original when the anniversary one's right there lives is an outdated mechanic in in platformers to this day (laughs) no yeah time time mechanic stuff is just like i don't know it wasn't i guess if there was a time part i would have been more mad about but since it's not part of it anymore it's just like yeah it's not a bad it's not a bad section at all anymore I guess I say Sonic will probably be more difficult, but Knuckles is easier. Yeah, Sonic has to raise the sand in that one part. It just turns into a nightmare. Um, the switch mechanic in this has some levers that you pull down to stop ghosts from appearing. Uh, as time goes on, since the last time you pulled a lever, one, two, and then three ghosts will start appearing. Sandopolis Act 2 will mm-hmm. get darker. Ghosts will start flying around the screen, and they will cause you to take damage. 
that is a mechanic that I believe they put into Oil Ocean Act 2 on the Mania version, except instead of ghosts coming out, the screen would get kind of foggier and foggier. So an interesting thing about Sonic 3 and Knuckles is that I think every general mechanic from this game that didn't end up translating into a full-on level in Mania got put into Mania to some degree everywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. Which just shows that like the developers of Mania really love Sonic 3 because like the stage transitions are there and everything. The music changes. It's all like this is like the Sonic sacred ground. But Sandopolis, definitely uh, an eye-opening experience seeing it done with Knuckles versus doing it with Sonic because it's like night and day. <laughs> all right, night and day. Okay. Trust me, you do not want to play it as Sonic. <laughs> okay. I was actually worried it. about the timeout. Because I didn't know when I first played the anniversary version if timeout was still a thing. 9.58 when I beat the boss. I was like, oh god. <laughs> oh. Sweating and everything. I didn't realize I was not picking to the time at all. I was just like, eh, oh yeah, done with it when I get done I with it. I was like, let's we're going to figure it out one way or another. I'll finish it whenever I finish it. What time? There is no time gimmick. Yeah. There is no time. Also, another infinite loop. So where Knuckles missed his infinite loop in Ice Cap Zone, he's got it right here in uh, Sandopolis. Then we have another level that did get put into Mania, Lava Reef, um, a fiery cavern with enemies that are masquerading as rocks, exploding into fiery blasts that go in four different directions, really precisely placed jumps to set you in just the right place mm -hmm. constantly to be hit by one of these rock blasts. A boss that also gets put in the oil ocean zone, ironically, that's like these tentacles with like these buttons at the top, stuff like that. It's really mm -hmm. cool. I like Lava Reef Zone. I liked it a lot better with Sonic. And of course, the Mania version is a masterpiece. Act 2, though, does this cool thing where it just turns into like a cave of gemstones. Completely opposite from the start. This is one of those levels that does feel a little slower paced, um, both acts, especially in Sonic's. Um, but this is where the challenge kind of ramps up. Knuckles, though, does have the abbreviated uh, Act 2 that does skip out on a boss. Mm -hmm. um, so we move on very quickly. I was actually kind of shocked with this one um, at how short his Act 2 was. Then we do Hidden Palace Zone where it's kind of like you go in and you go out. And this is where things start to change a lot. Because in the Knuckles playthrough, Sky Sanctuary is the end. Sky Sanctuary is, in Sonics, a full-on level with a few bosses in between. I believe it's only one act, but it takes place on the Sky Sanctuary, kind of like a forested overground, and uh, it's flying, and it's really cool. I hardly remember because it's been so long, but Knuckles, since we're talking about his, it's just the fight against the Mecha Sonic 2.0. First part is pretty simple. He's got a basic pattern. You hit him. When the spikes aren't going towards you. But then he has this kind of second form. Where your window of opportunity is a little smaller. Second phase is just like. I guess I can say it's kind of dumb. Because yeah, I it, think just so has a, <laughs> it has a very short window to when you can hit him. And it like, like I said. At least with the first phase of it. You kind of get an idea of what to do. It kind of does tell you like when the opening to, to attack. Compared to phase two where it's just jumping up and it's another i guess it's like the other boss fight it's another 
rhythm mode like the water one where you just have to get the yeah. right tempo and rhythm and if you mess up it's a major mess up and you can't do anything about it other than that part two once we kind of figured it out it was a lot it it, it was still easier than uh the 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 was it the carnival night boss carnival nights oh, yeah i'm God. sorry it's still that was, easier than carnival that one was night. just like ridiculous i could i couldn't believe that like the fact that they don't give you any rings before you fight that either it's like you, without mm-hmm. you having to backtrack like a ways that's kind of weird feels like an oversight <laughs> probably is it's it's a game made in what 92 93, 93 i think yeah. yeah, 93, it probably wasn't... It's still, like, at the end of the day, these are still very old games. They probably tried their best to get rid of a lot of, like, rental problems, but this definitely would have been a boss fight where it would have kept people from completing it. But the Sky Sanctuary boss, like, the song is so good. Like, I had to go and listen to it afterwards. I was like, man, it's one of the coolest final boss themes ever. It is. It's pretty good. I don't remember Metal Sonic looking like that, though. That was a new well, design the, it, I've never I think it's seen. credited as a Mechasonic 2.0. The Metal yeah, Sonic like, everybody knows and loves is in CD. Yeah. That one I have never seen. I was like, this is a new design of a character I've never seen. If it is, it's an upgrade. Even in uh, Sonic 2, the Metal Sonic is a little bit different. Because you do fight mm-hmm. a Metal Sonic 2 in there right before Death Egg Robot. But man, that that, that whole thing at the end of Sonic 2, I, I hate that final boss. Um... But I was surprised that that's the end of Knuckles' playthrough. But we have one more zone. We went to go do a proper one more zone because we didn't want to, I guess, leave any of them out. Yeah. So we have Death Egg Zone. I'll let you take on this one because I already done it. You have to do this one with either Sonic or Sonic and Tails. Classic kind of space level, low gravity thing that Sonic does, you know, once yeah. a game towards the end. It's like if you enter a final boss's world like bowser's like zone where it's just like everything is obviously themed to them a lot of upside down parts where you are like you know upside down moving from you know uh a lot of gravity parts where the i think like this is this one no this is that was a different but this one is a lot of like there's a spring puzzle and round spring puzzle where you have to turn on the buttons that are like red and stuff like that it was very much how to say i guess if, if you if we're doing the whole sonic play this is sort of what knuckles was playing like where there's a lot of puzzles and you have to pick certain directions like i know there's a part where you have to pick the right way to go or else you're just in an infinite loop it's one of those it's actually my favorite final zone of the sonic one through sonic and knuckles um just mm. because it, you're still constantly progressing and there's not really any bottomless pits um I remember back in, like, Sonic Advance, the final zone started with just this crazy bottomless pit. It was just so hard to get through. But on this, it does feel, like, fair. Like, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of mechanics going on. There's a lot of those time waster things where you're, like, zipping and zooming through, you know, space. And it's just looping around. And it just drops you off somewhere instead of just being direct about it. Almost like it's there to you know stop speedrunners from getting record times or something like that but it still very much does feel like a cohesive and engaging final level that i'm not just like oh god here comes death egg zone it's time to stop playing the game like i do with say metropolis zone back in sonic 2 mm-hmm. which is just so it's so boring metropolis zone <laughs> yeah this one uh, it, i don't think it even has like an act two right it's just one big act. no it's got, it's got two acts and then it ends with the yeah this one this one's got two acts metropolis had three which is like please just stop <laughs> um but this one ends with the um 
a new death egg robot where you kind of have an easy part where you have to jump on top of the fingers like i said the bosses at sonic 3 and knuckles for the most part tend to be easier and therefore more approachable and enjoyable you break all the fingers and then he's kind of chasing you you've got to dodge a split second blast and then hit eggman and then finally the world will be collapsing as you take on eggman's hovercraft one last time before the game ends at least we, we've managed to do... I did that boss, for the first one with Knuckles, and you did this one. It was just sort of, uh, I guess, an even trade to see, yeah. like, one to see boss all the game has to another. offer. Yeah. Is Sonic 3 in Knuckles, obviously, is, I guess, where people say that was the peak of OG Sonic, and Mania oh, yeah. has a lot of references to sort of that point of Sonic, where... Yeah, Mania is basically the sequel to 3 and Knuckles, just mm-hmm. improves on what was already good. I, I mm-hmm. feel like the jump in quality between Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles is so huge, though, that it's just, like, almost... You can't even compare them, almost. The the quality is so good. It's almost the perfect version if it was just for only for the music. Yes. It's a, like, 9 out of 10 compared... If it just had the music, it'd be a 10 out of 10. No question without your mind the best way to play it. The widescreen itself is such a, a game changer yeah. in all the Sonic games, but Sonic 3 in particular has the most visual flair to it. So when you're seeing more of that on screen at once, it's really vibrant and special. Overall thoughts, I would say classic Sonic-wise, this is hands down the best. I think yeah, And Knuckles has the better level design, but maybe not the better themes. Um, no, I think if Knuckles is in the Sonic areas, it'd be way easier because of just Knuckles climbing mechanic. Yeah. I would agree that Sonic does have the better looking parts, but Knuckles does have the better gameplay and maybe even like, eh, the bosses are whatever. They're just, they're kind of whatever bosses. Yeah, well, in terms of like the games themselves, Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles, I think Sonic mm-hmm. and Knuckles has the better designed levels, but Sonic 3 might have the overall edge when it comes to theme because of things like Hydrocity and Ice Cap Zone versus, mm-hmm. say, the weaker points of and Knuckles. Maybe, like, Sky Sanctuary wasn't very interesting. Um, yeah. Flying Battery is cool, but, like, it's very barren and plain. Um, and then, you know, Death Egg Zone is... There's not much of a difference between Act 1 and Act 2. Whereas Ice Cap takes you in and out of the cave uh, marble garden will have you going vertically and horizontally angel island will be a lush paradise and then set on fire but like i said mm-hmm. there's there's a mixture of good things in, in all of them so with all that being said and the game finished uh let's have like i'd like your closing thoughts on sonic 3 like for me it's the best of the classic sonic games now, I don't like it as much as Donkey Kong Country, but that's because there are some obnoxious parts and the bosses aren't really my thing in Sonic games, even though 3 made them a lot easier. But as far as the Sonic series goes, as like my favorite platforming mascot, it does not get much better than this, and Mania is only slightly better for me. To me, compared to Sonic, it's is Sonic's like 
third place when it comes to platformers and throughout even at even at sonic at its best three sonic at its best is not even close to super mario world nor is it even close to donkey kong level and see i definitely prefer it to super mario um in general but like when it comes to donkey kong country i think that's too high of a platforming pedestal to stop i love i love mario 3 and i love super mario the reason why is because the thing with i have against sonic is the gimmick of Sonic goes fast, that's his gimmick, but then there's so many parts that going fast is just gonna hurt you, and only, like, the first, like, level allows you to go, like, supersonic speed, and then everyone else, you have to do platforming and all this stuff, he kind of has a weird, uh, kind of, I don't know, he just feels weird, he kind of has a weird, like, jumping and floaty, kind of like a floatiness to him. I can see, it has that kind of Mega Man effect, I think, where playing yeah. it multiple times, you'll eventually remember what is where. And that's not something you really have to worry about in, say, every Super Mario after, like, two. But, like, ever since I was a kid, like, I always preferred, like, Sonic Advance to, like, Super Mario Advance. I guess it was just, I guess it's one of those things that's, like, ingrained in me from, from childhood. But at the same time, for us both, I think... Donkey Kong Country 2 is, like, impossible for any platformer, modern or otherwise, to kind of take over. But Sonic 3, definitely in terms of, of this type of game, this speed-based platformer, is, like, it, when you when you put it in that category, it's, like, almost unbeatable. Yeah, it's... Sonic 3 now with all the cool modern updates it's it's a fine it's a fine platform it's fine it's it's not you know it's definitely better but I was talking about if you're playing old school Sega Genesis Sonic and Knuckles you might have a problem with the life it system might be a little part, frustrating there's a lot of cheap cheap like falling off bottomless pits and yeah more so than a Mario game there's yeah, more cheapness so like, in, in some of these Sonic games <laughs> that's where I have my that, that will be my final where like modern stuff and all the modern yeah definitely but anything that's like the ps2 anniversaries and, and and like uh older are just like they have the life system and a lot of them do have a cheap old like sand stuff like that mechanic so that's yeah. just where i and no rewind feature right <laughs> yeah no rewind so it, it, it's fine for now without the uh uh glooming uh, demise of of lives it's just like okay you can go as how many times as you want yeah, I'm glad that this was the way that you got to experience the full entire game instead of, like, mm-hmm. bashing your head against the wall over, you know, well, I mean, either I... timing out in Sandopolis or losing all your lives, say, at a part in Ice Cap Zone where you just get knocked back and with nothing to show you. I do own the Mega Collection, so I have had a yeah. taste of what old-school Sonic 3 sounds like. And I have it on the the DS, the Sonic Classic Collection. So I do actually have a cop. We both have a copy of Sonic Three with with the original Ice Cap Zone music, but mm. it has a lot of that original jank to it. You know, the lives and all that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, any platformer nowadays, we are tending towards just this checkpoint system where like getting through a section that's tough can count as getting through a level. And and when when you think about it that way, instead of just. Mm-hmm you know having the lives and having to reset that's only going to cause rage i I feel like almost that like back in the day that was padding for a video game now now these classic games are more or less archival pieces so we've got these accessibility things checkpoints rewind features and i would never fault anybody for using those i use them all the time so (laughs) sonic 3 and knuckles we finally finally did it so gentlemen gamekeeper I have something for you. What is it? 
Well, it was locked away here. The original Nintendo Direct rumor, written by Pop Red, our old friend Carter. The... the... original? He never got around to writing it, but he left the, the basic skeleton of the rumor, as he has been for the past 29 weeks. Would you care to see it, gentlemen? Uh, sure. I, I guess for the 100th episode, we can do one last Nintendo Direct rumor, right? It could fit in if it's the last one. It's what we have left. I guess no more Nintendo Direct rumors after this, but since they were all written by Carter, I guess the least we can do is uh read this one. This is a Power Rangers game. How apropos, because Shocking. Pop Red's armor kind of reminded me of a Power Ranger. Uh, it says you can play as any ranger from any series. Fancy that, a game with, like, hundreds of playable characters. That's how you know Pop Red wrote this. Uh, progression mechanics, but also feels like Dynasty Warriors where you can fight against all the, the villain henchmen from every season and have Megazord battles. And honestly, I want this game to be real, Robert. But we know Pop Red wrote the rumors to be as amazing and spectacular as possible. But, like, let's think about it then. What if? What if, right? What if another what if scenario probably won't happen after after what we've, you know, figured out. But, you know, maybe one day it will happen. I mean, we've had the opportunity to have the ultimate all-ranger setup, but we know how that went down. They kind of fumbled that. Was that the one on the PS2 Super Legends? Super Legends, maybe. Or are you talking they about Mega Force, Super Mega Force, the Super TV Mega show? Force, yeah. Okay, because I remember yeah, there was a game called too. Super Legends where I think you could play as multiple ones, and obviously we have Battle for the Grid, but like Battle for the Grid seemed to kind of pick out the more obscure characters and only have a few of your standard rangers. Yeah, I think if they do, they should obviously follow mvc2 if they do battle for the grid 2 mm-hmm. just have everybody at that yes. point. there's no harm in it i mean you could have cloned move sets like any other dynasty warriors game there's 100 characters but you know 20 of them are like clones exactly even like all the red rangers i think that would not be that's not a big order to really ask for right it's not asking for too much yeah. maybe they could include the japanese ones too the ones that haven't been Wishful turned thinking. into a Power Rangers, like the Super Sentai, I think that would be cool. I think it would just be cool to play as a character from Power Rangers, like like the Green Ranger, and just do a Dynasty Warriors fighting against putty patrollers or something like that. That's something that I'm just shocked that hasn't been done yet. True. That's true. Maybe. We never know. Whenever the, net di- the next Direct is. Oh, man, when is the next Direct going to be? It's been we ages. It's Actually, another... we just had the Splatoon 3 Direct, which alleviated all exactly. my fears well, for that one, but that's a title that's, Direct. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a specific for one specific game. We're talking about a Direct that goes throughout multiple games. That's not an indie or a small Direct. We're talking, like, pretty major announcements, hopefully soon. Yeah. Well, this sounds cool. Hundreds of playable characters. And I guess from next episode onward, there is no Direct Rumor. We'll just do Pokemon Drip. Does that sound good to you? <laughs> That's, I mean, for now, that sounds about fine. Yeah, yeah. it's over for that. Pokemon Drip, Gold and Silver, I guess, is what we're going to be starting on our next episode. Um, And I guess one last time I could say, you know what we could call this game, Robert? I know what we can call it. What could we call this game, Robert? We could call it Day of the Dumpster. Ooh. Hmm. I like that one. <laughs> eee, after 10,000 years, I'm <laughs> 
10,000 years is a long... I didn't realize how long it was as a kid. I'm looking back, like, Dad, 10,000 years is a long time. That's like 100 years, dude. I know. That's crazy long. So you know what? We could also call this game Power Rangers Eternity because I feel like that's how long it will be before a game like this comes out, unfortunately. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> hey, as long as it has Gokai Yellow, it's Power Rangers, baby. Let's go. Anyway. I thought for our, our, our 100th episode, and we discussed this before we talked about what game we were going to play, because we, we got one more for you guys. I said, let's bring back SNES Revival, because for some reason, I forgot to have any since, like, before the Christmas episode or the Ghost of Tsushima episode. <laughs> uh, the last one we did was Kirby's Dreamland 3, and that was back in December. So, that was a while ago. Yeah, for, for episode 100... And hopefully more episodes in the future. It's the triumphant return, ladies and gentlemen, of SNES Revival. Robert, what did we play for this uh, installment of SNES Revival? A game that's no different from, you know, the main movie's title, An Adventure 65 Million Years in the Making. You could say this was uh, a game to be beaten 17 years in the making. Oof. Uh, we're talking a game that I have nostalgia, but also, like, a new foundation of, like, of just, like, enjoyment to it. But it's a game that I've been trying to beat since, like, like being being a child. And that's because I decided that we should play a game that i own that's not on the super nintendo classic and i'm talking about jurassic park for the super nintendo Ooh, a game i had never played until we played it yeah it's i think it was produced and published by ocean i think it was yeah ocean they're didn't like, they do jelly boy they did jelly boy they're like the they're the british or the, they're the european uh publisher of, of our like ljn like that's them like that's their british division i mm-hmm. would assume like the equivalent to them so, LGN has a sort of a, a certain, you know, kind of a bad quality to games, in, you know, in the early 90s for the NES and Super Nintendo. So, anything Ocean is kind of that same level. And I think after playing this, some of it is true and some of it is just complete false. So, uh, there's no real story. We can't really talk much about the plot. You're kind of dropped I guess into just... an overworld from the get-go. Yeah. I think... The best way I've ever heard it described is the way you described it. Once we were playing it, we got this idea of you're like, the overworld is just kind of a, the, the outside sort of an overworld, and you just kind of walk into like a level, and then the first person Doom parts are the actual game. And that's what you're meant to do. I was thinking of like a Final Fantasy. A Super Nintendo or an NES Final Fantasy will have towns or dungeons and then instead of having a huge open world where you just have your character on top of a map where distance is kind of shrunken down into like small patches so you you have an overworld and that overworld will lead to bigger areas let's let's start off with this i guess the basic story if we can have one is you're alan grant you're stuck on the island. You have to not only destroy every raptor egg because the raptors are, are breeding and they're producing offspring, so you have to destroy them all. But you're also obviously to get off the island and stop raptors from getting to the mainland via a boat ship. But you don't know about the ship part. You just basically collect all the raptor eggs, destroy all the raptor eggs, get off the island. That's your basic premise at the start. And you start off in, like I said, over over the, like, I guess, like, it's a sort of a top view, semi-top view. It's just, like, an overworld, and you kind of walk around. 
picking up ammo, seeing dinosaurs, having to fight them, and then you have miniature objectives by these like sort of I guess like I don't know how would you describe them. They're like they're not light poles. They're sort of like I guess like microphone poles or whatever yeah. they made. They're sort of checkpoint stations, sort of mission objective updates, and you go around and you got to figure it out. But that's the problem with this game. If you just go about it without having, we're gonna obviously explain how we did it without a guide. You are gonna get completely lost because you're not gonna know what to do. It the game doesn't tell you what to do. It just tells you welcome to Jurassic Park, and then you just maybe figure out that these these light things give out a, an objective, and you just don't know what to do. Yeah, you handed me the controller, and I was like, okay, how do I open the gate? And you have to use like the electric rod thing. You have to shoot it with a gun or something. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, oh, even the gate mechanic, yeah. and the the gate will close very fast if you just use the rod. Yeah, with the electric. Yeah, and it's like all you have is just. A radar that's off, uh, a tase gun, and then you can find ammo for rocket like rocket launcher later. But that's the entrance. So if you're playing this without a guide, good luck. You're never gonna figure it out. I never figured it out for seventeen. It's years. like Godspeed, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then at some point, I think about a year ago, I said, "Why don't I just do it with a guide and be simple?" But obviously, it's like I'd rather do it either someone reading me what to do and how yeah. to do it and sort of not just reading me what to do and then i go do it or watch a video of me doing something i'd rather do it with someone so what's really funny is after playing this for like so many years i know the layout of the map i know where everything is so when you so basically when we started you're like we have to uh turn on we have to go find an id card at this certain shack i know exactly where to go i've played this game so many times i know where it's at i know where to go it's like oh i know where that's at Let's go do this. So with the guide, we're playing it kind of half and half. Of course, I was controlling it, but you were giving me the objective. I know. I, I gave up controlling it after like 10 minutes. Like, And the, the, the first person parts are so motion sickness inducing at their two frames per second that I was like impressed oh, that you were able to like, <laughs> like pull it all off like effortlessly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, man, I'm getting like dizzy off this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think the... The way you described it is the best way possible. It's just an over, it's just an over map, and the first person parts are the main game. They're two frames, and they're very, very pixely. But you know there are raptors and Dilophosaurus around inside the areas, the visitor center, the shacks, the, the raptor pen, stuff like that. And so now we have certain objectives, and also we're having the location of the raptor egg. So then we can go like upper left, northern side of the map, like the uh, like the west northern side of the map. There's a raptor egg. That the southern side. And since you know the map, like there's that. not any like huge surprises that catch you off guard no. or something, because the overworld yeah. seems fully explorable, kind of almost no matter what progression you've made. Yeah, it's sort of like. Since obviously, as I said, I played this game so many times, it just never, I never beat it because I didn't know what the objective was. But the way we were doing it, I, like I say, I knew where to go, I know what to do, I know where the dinosaurs are coming, I know where the raptors are going to attack, I know when the tyrannosaurus is going to come out, I know when the triceratops is going to run down. I knew all that stuff. I knew like the southern part of the map, the northern part of the map, the center part, where to find ammo. Ammo is is strict to like these weird like. You know those uh, clacker balls that JoJo has yeah, in part the, two, they're like bolas or yeah, like, bolas. Yeah, they're they're called they're called like, yeah something like that. Like I know like I think they're historically Australian because they used to throw them at like kangaroos to catch them by their legs. Like basically, it's that, but it's three and it's still like explosive ammunition. It's very weird. It's a very weird weapon. I don't, that's like the best way I can describe it. It's like it's like a a, a bullet. you can just throw it. Another one is basic rocket ammo. Another one is basic your your doom shotgun ammo, and then you got electrical stun, 
darts, sleeping darts, and then like smoke ammo, like smoke grenades. But the best combo is like the the three ball explosives and then the the rocket launcher, or because the, they're all incinerated, destroy every dancer in your path. You kind of have to have that basic setup. Yeah. And then you perceive, obviously, we're going through the game. We go to the visitor center. We got to turn on the power or find uh, batteries for your night vision, which I didn't even realize doesn't go to the a separate part yeah, of the map. Yeah, it doesn't like, carry over. Per It's not like yeah. this is a permanent battery for your night vision. You have to find it kind of in every one of the bases. Labyrinth-themed exactly. first-person things with tons of elevators and computers where you have to put commands in to open certain parts of the park up. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, but that's sort of like where I don't mind it, though. It, we'll get to that. And then they even have a third perspective of when you get to... Uh, I think the first objective was just to turn on the power, but I know you have a, 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 a third perspective in the game where you can operate a computer and you just have like a finger that only moves... You have a hand that only has a finger moving, and you just click on certain commands like open power, turn on power, turn on gate, or this and that, reboot system. And there is that, you know, a sort of idea. But most of the game is sort of find this ID card, unlock this area, open this command, turn on this power, turn on this objective, unlock this area, get to this side, find, you know. It's mostly that, actually. The the, the parts where you're inside is mostly collecting ID cards. And it's sort of weird when you go to the first person modes when it's like get to a sub level and visitor center and there's only one elevator right you think there's only one no there there can be multiple elevators but they could be on different floors and different ways to so to get it so you can go from like top level and then go downwards to basement or basic level or sub level and then you can find another one and then you gotta go to that elevator and go to like sub level two or sub level three. Like it can go to there's multiple elevators and multiple ways to get down, but it, it's kind of just like it's weird because like I will say not only do I remember the layout of the outer world, I still remember the layout of the inner interiors of a lot of the areas. I was like, oh, I know where the I know where the uh, elevators mm-hmm. at, and there'll be multiple times where we have to backtrack where you're like, all right. Robert, you're going to have to go to the Raptor Pen, and after the Raptor Pen, come back to the Visitor Center, and then go back down to the sub-level that is from a separate elevator, and I still remember where everything was. It's like you will need a specific ID card to unlock part of something that you were just able to unlock the beginning part of with another ID card. So oftentimes you have to take a really long trip back, especially when you're on the actual ship. You've got to go around that mountain that literally there's no oh. shortcuts. <laughs> Talk about that. We'll get to that. But I guess the other part to the game is the cool little... At first, it's cool. Hints and dialogue characters will give you. Like, Ian, Hammond, uh, Lex, and uh, Sattler will all give you mission objectives. Even uh, Robert Muldoon will start giving you like mission objectives on what to do. Tim gives you uh, quick facts about dinosaurs, like you know, don't shoot near some Gallimimus and they'll it'll spook him, or, or obviously like don't walk in front of him. Like be careful walking where Triceratops uh, stomp because they can run you down and it's a one it's a one life uh, one hit kill. And like uh, avoid the T Rex area. T Rex is blind. Don't make a lot of noise and stuff like that. Like it'll give you hints, and at first it seems like helpful hints, like oh, yeah, don't do this, but then. It sort of gets very annoying when you just know keeps popping not them to up, shoot the, the Gallimimus. When you pass a certain area, it's like triggers. 
Yeah, don't shoot the gal in mind. So it does get very annoying. Another one that's also I didn't re- I didn't even realize this. In the outer world, if you get spit on by the Dilophosaurus, your controls are all like messed up. I didn't realize that. I said, wait a minute. I was like, how come my controls are, are like being like funky right they're now? They're pulling like, a Captain K like, rule on you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, like the Dilophosaurus like disorientates your character, I guess. So now you're like, you can't move around. You're moving all over the place. You know, I guess part one of the game is get all the ID cards and and find some Raptor eggs. Second part is you have to get to the ship. I've never been to this part, and I I knew it existed. I just never knew how to get there. You have to go to the uh, eastern, northern side of the map where the mountain is, and you have to go through an entire maze that which we already spoke about, not only to get to the ship, but even when you get there, there is no shortcut back. You still have to go basically backwards the path you took to get to the ship. And that ship has like three times you have to come back and forth i know you going through the mountain is ingrained in my memory like i could probably turn the game on right now and go through that mountain i've watched you do it like six separate (laughs) times front and back no yeah and it was one of those things where in the ship the first objective is just to clear out the floors take out all the dinosaurs by any means as long as they're destroyed and they're because the ship is technically a, a like a like a major like cargo ship so the premise of that is like you're preventing the raptors from from going to the mainland and there's another objective that was in act i guess act one where it's sort of like uh you stop the raptors from entering the visitor center so once we clear out the floor we have this sort of computer in a very dark room that you have to remember where it's at because i'll tell you remember where this computer is at because we're gonna need to call a, a, a helicopter to escape now we're, we're out of the ship we gotta go do something else we gotta go turn on i think we have to stop something at the raptor pen or go turn on something else oh the system we have to change the system yeah there's a complex order of doing things like you yeah. can only activate this after you've opened this gate and this gate will close the other gate so it's like kind of locking you off from certain options afterwards yeah and it's like certain certain uh computers have to like you can't just go to any computer it has to be that computer so now like i said now not only do you have to find remember where the computer is at but you have to find the floor and maybe there's certain raptors and dilophosaurus respawn and stuff like that i I was very impressed i was very impressed with the memorization with (laughs) because i would have lost my mind man i'm telling you years of playing this game and not and not figuring it out and just exploring the map but basically now we're in act two getting to act three where act three is turn switch on the gate powers to to gate one and gate two and then it's also like finish collecting all the raptor eggs now one thing that's very important about our playthrough i remember this you can quote me on this i remember you told me all right robert on the northern western side of this of this forest there will be a raptor a raptor egg and when we did it a triceratops came out i'll say okay that's one egg during a different completely run on the southern side where we're doing a different objective i accidentally found a raptor egg so we were like well obviously throughout the guide if we if we if there's like oh collect the egg on the southern part of the map there's a raptor ambush because i remember the two raptors obviously ambush you after collecting the egg we'll say we already have that egg then we're good but the thing is our guide didn't tell us that I'm pretty sure the guy told us to collect the same egg twice. I think our guide had a and repeat just, egg. Yeah, is what I was going to say. Yeah, and it's shocking how out of all the luck, think about it like this. If I didn't know which egg it was and I didn't remember and 
we would have had an entire hunt throughout the outer world map looking for this one egg looking for it that's how like difficult that run could have been and then you tell me like during act two that oh yeah robert there's a soft locking system here we could actually soft lock the yeah, game and, like it, be it's stuck crashed on people from run. what i've read and i've also read that some of the eggs might not spawn immediately so like what if you hit a yeah. certain area too early in whatever cycle of the game you're going on it's a lot of snes trickery going on here you know what this reminds me of dead rising one when i plotted Bringing it that all game, back to dead rising <laughs> dead rising one but the thing is during the the 72 hour run the the, the no the uh what is it? i think it's a no week survivor you have to do seven days in the game and it's like a 12 hour run so it's 12 actual wow. real hours you have to run that game and they tell you, I was after I completed it, I watched a guy saying like, yeah, if you play it on the PS4, it's a high risk because people have their system crash, their power outage, yeah. they've had their the game crash where it does the blue screen. And so like, so I said, I managed somehow to do a, a flawless run of that with having without having a single thing crash on me or anything like that. Same thing with this game where now you're telling me, yeah, this thing could soft like, so like, I'm surprised nothing went wrong. And that not only did nothing went wrong we found a flaw in the guide but we fixed it by accidental by accidentally finding an egg so act three is just fi finishing up collecting all eggs we collect the all the eggs then you have to go to a raptor pen and it's the funniest guide i've ever heard anyone's giving me you're like okay so when you enter the pin, you're like, you got to enter the pin on the northern side of the map. You got to enter there, the raptor pin. We go in because there's two entries, but I guess there's only like one that's like the real one. Yeah. You pick up some some nerve gas from a different location. I think it's the ship even too. You get the nerve gas from like the ship. You got to go to the raptor pin. And then it's just like, all right, you see the left side, Robert? Just follow that along. And if you enter a dead end, just keep going on the left side. And then that's all it is. It's literally going left, 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 boom, raptor pin. I imagine like people got extremely lost if they don't know how that works so like i'm really thankful yeah. that the guy just says look left 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 if you're at a dead end turn around go left 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 and you'll see it <laughs> no yeah and it's just like all right gotta go back gotta go just hit the right side same thing right 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 hit a dead end just turn around hit right 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 you find the exit we're done now we're at the end of the game we're at all the raptor the 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 poison is planted all the raptor eggs are there we found the raptor pin we go to the ship again for one last time go to the command call for the helicopter for the mainland go out and you're like you gotta find the helicopter landing zone like i know where it's at it's in the southern part of the map there's a giant h basically that's the helicopter zone you go there jump a bridge hopefully you don't fall in the water and you have to restart from a different save point and you basically get the most like the best like, ending ever laziest <laughs> in a video in a video <laughs> game okay. ever the best ending ever and what it is is just the intro played in reverse with the helicopter sound you get it that's all it is is flying it's the away intro from the jurassic park logo that's somehow had the the island has the Jurassic Park logo on there, and it's like the craziest idea ever. So I'm wiping the tears away. Still, classic, classic ending to a video game. We'll talk about final thoughts about this game, but we'll talk about these things that I have to mention. Graphics are not too bad for being a 16-bit system, and honestly, it has some pretty good. No, it was all uh, right. Graphics. Yeah, it's like not only is it top down, it does a first person mode with. I don't think it has an FX chip. I think it's just a regular no FX chip mm -hmm. mode. Nineteen ninety three. So I'm not sure if it would have the FX chip yet. 
Yeah, so think about it like this. If it had an FX chip, imagine the first person modes could have had a higher frame rate or even 3D models. It's like think a stunt that. race FX, another SNES revival we did way back. I think it was like the first one we did. First was Jolly Boy, then Stunt Race, first... then Kirby, right? No, it was Jolly Boy. I think it was that. It was that. We yeah. have to do more. Yes. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, we have to do more of these because I have a bunch of NES games that are not on the, 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 the classics. But there's also stuff on there, too. Totally. Um... So graphics wise, everything's actually pretty solid. Uh, the outer, the, the overhead raptors are are red, but then the the first person raptors are orange. So I don't know what's up with that. They just made them different colors. Ooh, the overworld uh, the has some are... excellent music for the SNES. Oh well, we'll we'll talk about the sound design. So sound design, I I think the for being a Super Nintendo, it got pretty much everything it needed. It got the Dilophosaurus spit pretty much on point, just like a single like a. Tss, like a like it's spitting on you obviously like it's poison you get the raptor like sound and it's pretty it's pretty spot on to the movie or like what you expect the dinosaur like that to sound like even like the little like yellow ones in that overworld they do like the little chirping yeah like that's that's pretty spot on um even the t-rex when you do like the music change and you hear it stomp with the Mm -hmm. the t-rex roar that they somehow it does sound like the one from the movie like it's pretty spot on now didn't they play the whole song the same song in all of the first person parts yeah first person has the same song it has just like a yeah and it's just like and then but what's funny is when you get to the elevator the elevators all have, there's two music. So you yeah, get there's the some dun, elevator dun, dun, music. <laughs> dun, dun, yeah, and then another one's just like I forget how the other one goes, but it's, there is a secondary one that plays from time to time, and it's sort of the, the same idea. I think it's a lower tone, but the best thing about this music, without a doubt, it's on par, and I'll say this with full confidence, it's on par with like Donkey Kong level music. The music is crazy in this game. I don't know. We, we saw the guy who did the sound design and the music. It's crazy good. I don't know what they did, but that soundtrack for that game is just too good for a game like that. The overworld music does get to be very good. And, and like, it's, there's, like, three tracks, if I remember, that play on the overworld, and they're all pretty good. There's the ocean track. There's the, the raptor, raptor rap, triceratops, something. That's the one and that's, like, real a, good. That, that's the... It has, like, a whistle. Yeah. And it has, like, a flute playing. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, it's real good. That's a real good That's track. some Donkey Kong so, Country-type music. <laughs> even, like, Raptor uh, Raptor Rap, it has the bass line going... It has, like... It, like, it kicks in. It will start with the snare. It, you literally hear the snare and the yeah. hi-hat. And it goes... And it'll have, like, all these crazy synths coming in. So, yeah, the soundtrack in this game is amazing. Out of everything about this game, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Give it a listen if you haven't. And I guess we give final thoughts after all the walkthrough, after the graphics, sound design, gameplay, and what we've been through. I want to hear your initial reaction because I have my initial like final takes on it. Well, I had no experience with the game uh, before then except hearing some of the music. But I enjoyed watching the professional like root memorization on display because when there's something that doesn't have like a mini map or like a pause map i start to lose my place in it these doesn't. places especially those like labyrinthine first person sections mm-hmm. so like it was enjoyable to to read the guide and watch what was happening on the screen i also thought it was really funny that you get the radar to work and it's literally just showing you 
hundreds of enemies on the screen without really giving you an idea of where they are. But it does. It does because the harmless ones are, are just like white or yeah. no, they're yellow. Oh. And then the real dangerous ones are red. They're red. They're, they're, so you can see the raptors in the trees. Before it was they just so out. funny to me because I'm like, okay. It, it, it's south of you the enemy but like there's the whole facility <laughs> blocking your way from going south so you'd have to go yeah. like a mile around anyway but i mean yeah i mean for what it's worth i enjoyed what it was like four hours it took us maybe three and a half it took it took the same amount of time as it took us with sonic and not yeah it was the same time we just had to take a break in between yeah so i mean yeah and I'm glad that that was an accomplishment after the 17 years you had been playing the game for it to finally see that nice logo in reverse. In person, yeah. In person. Because I've seen videos, but to finally see it in person. I did like how it did let you enter in your name at the end. So there is a mark <sighs> like there game, that you've yeah. got to, that says you beat Jurassic Park. At it says years. Rob. Yeah, it says Rob right on top. It has a score system. Infinite lives too. Infinite continues. This game has infinite yes, continues. There's a, a life blessing. system, but there is a life system, but infinite continues. There's no need to, to worry about not or like losing out. Sonic that the SNES it had the ability to designs. They say, hey, let's just make it a... No saves, We've though. It felt much... more like a Genesis game in that aspect. That's my biggest problem. We'll talk about my problems with it. No saves. You have to play this game one shot, one go, go at it. So not only do you have no objectives and no real clear objectives on what to do, no real, like, go to this certain area, go to this floor, you'll find this, or, like, a, a radar or a mini-map or anything like that. There's nothing like that. You're, you're just on your own. Good luck. You have no guide tough luck you you you're just gonna play this game and just listen to the good soundtrack and or amazing soundtrack and you're just gonna keep dying from dinosaurs without the save points that's obviously a problem that was a one shot one go some of the glitches obviously can prevent us from doing it same thing with bad objective goals so no guide you're gonna have a bad time with a guide either somebody reading it to you you're reading it to yourself or watching a video following along going with it you're gonna beat the game it's not a difficult game infinite lives you're gonna beat it even if you die a certain part that the player didn't do you just have to go back retry win it you'll get it even after all that after not having safe stations not having uh good objectives after spending hours and having like two frames mode in first person for some reason i have this uh, agenda where nostalgia does play a factor in it but i will obviously be like i know it's terrible but i still i'll tell you that it's terrible but i find it with nostalgia you know something that i i like but with the nostalgia off it's still a great game it's still an, a, a phenomenal game i think if it had modern updates of objective and maps and and maps and just like stuff like that like save points and clear objectives and where to find them and, or clues where to find them this would be a great game i think anyone can just play yeah, basically just, just touch it up with, with some modern accessibility and you've got a you've got a winner exactly so the sequel i don't own for one day i wish to own the chaos continues maybe one day we can try Jurassic Park 2, The Chaos Continues. That's a completely different game. You'll be shocked how different that game is. But for this one, compared to the NES and the Super Nintendo, I really, for some reason, even after all this, some people may find it to be, you know, a terrible game. But I think it's alright. It's an alright game for the time. And honestly, if it had these just minor fix, 
it would be a phenomenal game. And it'll be one of those, like, it's not a bad game. It's sort of a hidden gem. So for me, I would definitely give it a hidden gem, but there is some frustrating parts to it. You could say that about a lot of SNES games. There, there's, there's good games on that system with some really poor decisions, but if you can get past that, it's like you've got something good on your hands. We, we you know we had a, a time going through it, and and just like finding out all this stuff and just being like, okay, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. Definitely, if if you're one of those that don't know the layout of the map, you're gonna have a even bad with time. a guide. It's, it's like I would recommend knowing the layout of the map because the guide. Both of the guides that I was looking at kind of assume that you've explored a you little before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I said, with the knowledge of... For somehow still me remembering all these years the layout of the map, we, we pretty much got it done. But if you're going to give it a shot, if you happen to have it, know someone who has it, go at it with a guide. And if you don't know the layout of the map, pull up just like an a image of the map. Yeah, some of the guides do come with a, 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 an impromptu map that will kind of give you a basic guideline of, well, you can't walk around this way, so you've got to take this long path through the mountains. You know what this reminds me of? What? Not gameplay, but design and where it's going towards. Metroid. Metroid, you can get lost in that game. Yeah, it's kind of like a Metroidvania almost in that aspect. You can get lost. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then Metroid 1, we played that, and it was like, you got to plant a bomb here and it blows up a secret spot and you gotta go through well, there it's sort of like that where it's like if you just don't know where you're going your course here's the lost. thing in metroid you are having to go out of your way to hidden areas to get a new power up to return to an area that you could not access before like go to get the missiles so that you can return to the beginning and shoot open the red door it's the same thing with this you are just going to get key cards instead of weapons mm-hmm. to open this part of the door that you saw mm-hmm. assumedly saw in your travels earlier in the game exactly it's sort of like i said now now i i feel like wow i never realized it's just like that but that would be i would i assume a 17 year accomplishment for me finally beating jurassic park hopefully to do it again with someone else i know with that would has been trying to beat the game for a long time too but had to do it for a super nes revival all right all right so this episode what do we got so far we've got our class our regular gaming update we had mm-hmm. a full-on Sonic 3 special, and we had mm-hmm. an SNES revival for, like, the trifecta of, like, how we approach games on this show here for the 100th episode. But you know, Robert, every episode of the Markers on the Map podcast has to have a little bit of news. So I think a story worth telling for the 100th episode is something that happened a few weeks back when this episode gets posted but we never talked about on here so i'd like to touch upon that really quick and that is the fact that 28 year old super nintendo game super punch out we've got news on that and that is that surprise just recently it was discovered that the game not only has a a free select mode where you can fight against any of the ai characters but also a hidden two-player mode in Super Punch-Out that is accessible on all versions of Super Punch-Out, including the Switch Online one, and I've tried it for myself. Talk about the find of almost oh, three decades. <laughs> it's like uh, Lou, L is real, 2-0. Like, <laughs> like, they when they finally had, like, official, like, official coding telling you Luigi was meant to be in the game, and it was the exact 
like year and month that that was found it's one of those there's crazy things where i think uh there's a bunch of those games where i don't know why people who've designed those games just don't tell people years later like yeah there's a secret thing here if you didn't know that like no one's figured it out but i'm telling you about it now so it just makes you think like wow how many things are like this in so many games but for punch out it's so wild for a first party title exactly it's like it has a mode where you can pick anyone you want to fight and it also has a two-player mode so maybe what's really funny on the box it's a misprint instead of it saying one player only game it should definitely say one through two players Uh it should say that now because that's now a misprint i think what gets me is that accessing the two-player mode is also like easy it's simple it's it's a simple press of like i think it's why or if you're playing on uh a single joy-con the the left button and then maybe holding down um either l or r and then pressing uh start on the first controller i think is how it goes and then you're in it's like it's that simple it's not even a complex code or or series of button presses that's not even like the konami code yeah it's not even like a konami code so i don't know how that's not figured out see stuff like that where it's just like how did something like this get overlooked or just no one's never tried that like i wonder what happens if you just do because i feel like everyone just tries something like well what if i press select and start at the same time what happens and there's like there's no record of it or anything for 28 years it's like i have to wonder if like some people knew and just didn't know that nobody else knew or something like that but i just think that's such a cool thing um it's like ah there's a story like that where someone was just like wait like i think it was oh ronald mcdonald the ronald mcdonald cartoon show by um what was the studio that did rugrats classy studio something like that right wherever that studio is they did a Rugrats cartoon, and there was a missing episode that no one had. It was like, we don't know if they... We knew it existed, because there was footage of it from like the next time on the McDonald's, but no one's ever owned it, until one guy was like, oh, I own that. He was just like, I was like, oh, like yeah, I own this. And then he's like, oh, I still have it. It's right here. And it was the missing episode that was actually produced, and was like for a select amount that were copies so it's one of those like just weird things where i think people just need to recognize that yeah maybe you think someone like the world knows about it but just maybe look into it like huh i wonder if people know about this secret thing and just like huh i was like i'm not seeing a lot of people talking about it and then when you bring discussions of it people are like wait you can do that or it does exist and you have it and just like yeah i have it's right here like hidden in lost media secrets uncovered years down the line it's like, imagine if one of these lost films just got found one of these days, or somebody had a negative that got found. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna talk about this topic forever. Donkey Kong 64, wasn't there, like, a coin that was found, like, later? It was like Well, Donkey shrug, Kong 64 like, has a- that whole hint system that takes, like, hours and hours and hours to get something on the screen as, like, a hint that tells you maybe you should look elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, so crazy news. I think it's it's crazy to find news like this. Hopefully someday a, an entire studio will tell you that like yeah you found every secret or no there's still more secrets that people have not found that's in plain sight like it's right there and you know hopefully we'll find some more cool things like this where maybe donkey kong 3 has a secret diddy and, and donkey kong mode that just no one's ever talked about and it's, it exists like you just have to do a certain thing and now you can play as donkey kong or, and diddy it's like just start pressing buttons on the menu with a player 2 controller who knows what you'll find <laughs> who knows who knows but that's going way beyond news at this point yeah well uh as we're kind of wrapping up our 100th episode um 
I quickly wanted to rattle off a couple of games that we have not gotten to yet that I have been, you know, playing since, like, earlier this year that we might get to um, in 101 and forward and then kind of announce some things that we will be planning for 101 and forward. Um, so, real quick, Capcom Fighting Collection. We'll be talking about that at some point. Shredder's Revenge, same thing. Mm-hmm. I played Gravity Rush, Kirby 64, uh, the Evil Dead game, the racing trio of Hot Wheels Unleashed, which we will be talking about at some point, um, Diddy Kong Racing DS, Sonic Racing for the 3DS. Um, we've still got to talk about Wonderlands and its DLC, and boy, do I have some complex thoughts on the DLC. And uh, I've don't even think I've brought it up on here. I might have. I 100%ed Banjo-Kazooie back in January. So at some oh, point, I'm going to have to... <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Um. I just... We haven't had the time to talk about it. Um. And I guess to wrap things up for 100th episode here, we'll announce some things that we'll talk about relatively soon after we return. Um. Right now, we have the date set, I, I believe, Wednesday, new day, uh, November 2nd. For episode 101 for the the season premiere and we'll probably kick things off with bayonetta 3 um but we'll also probably get into discussing splatoon 3 inscription which is something i've been waiting to talk about on here for a long time um i know you've got destroy all humans 2 the remake coming out hopefully yeah hopefully we get my hands on that um we've got jojo's bizarre adventure all-star battle r which I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll be playing um, a lot through the the small break. Soul Hackers Two is something I'd like to get into. Uh, maybe revisit Persona Five, and I think one of the most exciting things that uh, I've got planned for post episode 100 is a Turtles Spectacular, where we will run through a bunch of the games in the Cowabunga Collection, which will actually mm-hmm. be out. I think a couple days after this episode goes up so we've got beat-em-ups galore that we want to talk about on here as well as fighting games so more good stuff to come when we return in november and if we decide to return earlier i'll announce it but it will not be any later than november 2nd because we're working on getting this podcast studio back in the air so we can zip around (laughs) game land (laughs) Ooh. Looks like we missed one more thing on the list. Oh, what did we got? That what I miss? Uh, we got. I think. Oh, something that you've been trying to been ta- you've been trying to talk about this for a while now. Oh God. Uh, I think it's finally time, people. We finally came to the conclusion for the hundredth episode. We'll also be talking about Devil, Devil May, May Cry. Cry. Oh, Come shoot. on, girl, Devil May I Cry. I remember that was the original plan for this episode. Let's go, oh, Devil, Devil May, May Cry. Cry. Let's. Let's go. Go. Oh. I completely nope. forgot. You know, Robert, I guess nope. we'll have to talk about Devil May Cry another time, huh? Yeah. I, Sometime Ruben in the Dude's future. Giving me the, the, he's giving me the, 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 the code. We, yeah, I think we ran out of time. There's no more time for Devil May Cry. We can't talk about it anymore for episode 100. Yeah. Maybe next Maybe time. Maybe next time. Uh, sometime in the future. Devil May Cry special. Look out for it, markers on the map fans. Anyway, Robert, would you say for right now we have handled quite the lengthy 100th episode? Yep, I think for a 100th episode special, uh, that should wrap it up. All right. So, thank you guys so much for listening. 
We will be back after a small break for episode 101. We've got our new format all set. We've got what we're going to be talking about on the premiere. Hopefully some cool news drops by then. I know Gamescom is going to happen during the break, so maybe they'll be like, oh, something from Gamescom that we want to talk about. Um, but for right now, thank you so much for listening and being with us for our first 100 episodes. Um, please listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. And follow our Twitter at Markers on the Map. Uh, there will be posts on our Twitter during the break. Maybe some fun stuff. Um, I'm trying to kind of figure that out as we go. Uh, but for right now, there's not much left to say. Except, I guess maybe we honor Pop Red's 3DS crew with one last 3DS sign-off. And say that the real Super Mario 3D Land was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.